I got myself a personal pan pizza, which I haven't gotten forever. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes, it's Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes. Let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we're making a lot of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker predictions. Mm, In a very nice, orderly fashion. Five by five grid, that'd be. So stay tuned for that. Mm -hmm. Bingo, bango, bongo, Mike, as I believe is the correct phrase to be used here. (laughs) Some D23 posters from Disney Plus show up online. We missed these last week because the show was Mm -hmm. still going on. Uh, the Joker is in select cinemas already, and we've got some some news about that in a trailer and more. Yeah, well, if you are tuning in at some point today, it very well might be the American holiday known as Labor Day. Mm-hmm. So a handful of you might have the day off of work, might be out of the office. Hopefully you're out there hanging out with your friends and family, and maybe you're just saving our podcast for your drive back to work on Tuesday, uh, but we're glad you're here with us. So now I think, I don't know if this is official, but isn't Labor Day usually considered like the end of summer or like the swan song? From what I understand is you're not allowed to wear white after Labor Day, Mike, which I assume (laughs) means that's no longer a uh, acceptable color for the season. So, yes, this is the last day. The pools are closing. The grills are shutting down. And you, uh, you're now. My house is decorated in pumpkins and fall scents. Uh, <laughs> that's so, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Uh, look out for the pumpkin spice, nutmeg, everything hitting the stores because you know those re- realtor like these retailers are just waiting to get it out there. Oh yeah, uh, Starbucks. Candy- Starbucks already has their pumpkin yeah. spice latte back. I saw candy corn on the shelf already, which I thought was a little, um, which was a little premature. Like I could see the pumpkin spice stuff because that's just a fall theme in general. Like that's something that actually carries through winter because it's kind of like a hot, you know, comforting beverage. But I was like, come on, candy corn. That is specifically a Halloween treat. I'm not going to eat a single kernel of candy corn until October. As, as you shovel these early bags in your cart so you have them <laughs> on stock whenever I that mean, day comes. I am, I am just so surprised like the people that don't like candy corn i would only assume hang out with the people that don't like pineapple on their pizza and they just look at everybody else in the world having fun and a great time with flavors no. and toppings i, I, I love I, candy corn i i do not like candy corn though but i think <laughs> it's more of a texture thing because it's got that whack like they get the wrong ones are kind of waxy flavor like tasting and i don't like the wax texture when i'm eating it um but so i think that's my issue with it but i mean i that do they have different ones, don't they? Now they used to only have one type of candy. Oh corn. yeah, now the candy. Chris, the candy corn universe exploded a long time ago, and there's a lot. There's there's like there's like caramel apple candy corn out there. I'm like a traditionalist, candy and if you ever flavors, if, you, if you if you if you want like a smooth entry into your candy corn universe, might I suggest? pop a couple salted peanuts at the same time with your candy corn it's going to mimic the flavor and texture of a payday candy bar in your mouth um Mm -hmm. so that's what i would suggest so we're we're cruising into the fall now which means the sum the summer movie season i think is officially said and said and done right i think i think the the release of any fast and furious movie marks the end of this summer (laughs) uh so it's been a couple weeks in that regard but yeah i mean technically we're looking at the 
the darker R-rated, um, scarier movie season coming up here with the September starting uh, in the October, really wrapping yeah, it together. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been meaning to try to get to the theater to to check out Ready or Not, which is supposed to be kind of like this uh, kind of suspense. I heard there's humor elements of like just this uh, bride to be kind of like playing hide and seek in a house, uh, but also this coming weekend, it Chapter Two comes out, which kind of uh, funny enough, we're we're gonna talk about a little bit on the back half of the show maybe in a little different fashion but i checked the i checked out the first it movie like what was it two years ago i think just streaming maybe on hbo just in comfort of my own home but even though it was kind of scary and spooky i now i'm kind of really want to go to the theater and check out chapter two because uh, i've notoriously uh uh, steered clear of anything scary in uh, cinema so it's kind Mm -hmm. of fun going going to a theater with people though because everybody's in it together it's almost like you're on a roller coaster ride so i don't know we'll see what we'll see what comes up this weekend well i mean if i think we've already seen the scariest movie in theaters this year um, uh, we saw Dark Phoenix, uh, so that was terrifying. <laughs> uh, Chris, I don't know. I think Hellboy might have uh, might put Dark Phoenix up on the ropes. Nope. I, I I tell you, go watch them side by side. At least <laughs> at least Hellboy has some action in it. I'll tell you that. Right now. <laughs> but um, but no, I mean, that, yeah, I mean, horror movies are different because what was the other one that came out earlier this year? Was it Us? Earlier, uh, um, yes, in, in, Us, like Fe- like February is now a horror kind of R rated thing, mm-hmm. so. The, the movies are all over the place right now. Yeah, and, um, I've actually um, I wasn't a, a kid that grew up with this uh, with this book, but apparently the PG thirteen scary stories to tell in the dark that came out a few weeks ago, or it, or maybe it was a month or so, is supposed to be actually really scary. Like people are saying it's a pretty good horror movie, and they're shocked that it's rated PG thirteen. They don't know how they got away with that. So I guess if you like scary stuff, you know we are talking about the fall in October here. So I guess maybe you could probably pick that up on digital maybe around the time uh halloween comes around mm-hmm. yeah i mean it, it could be so you're gonna have to let me know if you go see these scary movies mike because mm-hmm. i'm not but chris there is nothing scarier on this planet though than going <laughs> to a car dealership yeah. and talking to a car salesman that's right so for those who may or may not know i ended up buying a car this week um and i i, I absolutely i talked about my you know the past couple weeks that is I can deal with anybody. I can do anything, but that is a horrible experience all around for anybody involved. So they're they're sharks. They're out for blood. They don't they don't care about you. Yeah. <laughs> they want they want the meat off your every bones. every day. They were like, "Well, we can get you this car for this price if you can get in here today." I'm like, "Well, no." Uh, so stop trying to tell me to get in here today. I'll buy my car on my own terms and conditions, not, <laughs> not yours. So I end up getting a car um, again. Um, nothing was wrong with my old one. It just had a lot of miles, and the gas mileage wasn't as good as i wanted so now i'm getting about 53 miles per gallon uh, it's pretty hey. awesome nice yeah with the hybrid um it's got apple carplay which may not mean a lot to some people but as i showed mike and some other people uh, i embed images into every podcast we do for every chapter we talk about mm-hmm. so whenever we talk about spider-man there's a spider-man photo relevant to what we're talking about um and uh, carplay will actually pull those images up for me while i'm listening to the show Oh my god! I thought this was so cool because there are so many podcasts that I listen to where even if it's not like a news podcast, it could be like maybe more of a scripted story. They'll be talking about like a visual component, like maybe this person that was murdered on a riverbank had like a, a family photo in their possession, and then like, oh, t- stay tuned after the show. If you go to our website, you can check out the picture of this photo we've been talking about for 
45 minutes. I would love it if I was in a car that had CarPlay. I could just glance over at my center console and I could see that photo. That would add so much context to what I'm listening to. Yeah. So uh, for those who may or may not know, we have those available for Superhero Slate. We've been doing that for maybe about two years now, I think. Um, Chris has uh, definitely future-proofed the podcast. Every every new little feature that comes out, Chris is already on top of it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We try. So uh, I definitely got a car. I've been enjoying it. Uh, the, the hardest part is like, like oh, I'm not going to put a lot of miles on my new car. And then like the first week, everyone's like, I want to take a ride in your car. So <laughs> you put a lot more miles the first week on it than what? you would normally. Well, so. it's exactly like when you get a brand new smartphone, like that battery runs down super fast because you got your new shiny thing and you want to play with it. And then after about a week, it just turns back and to uh, when I look at my smartphones uh, I don't really look at it as like this fancy piece of technology like my phone to me is like a hammer it's like a tool that I use to just get stuff done so you know once the once the shininess of the hammer wears away like I just you know I just throw it aside mm-hmm. yeah I think this is also one of the first years I'm not going to upgrade my phone when I'm eligible to so oh yeah we uh ne- on Tuesday next week so Usually, sometimes we might talk a little bit about the uh, about the Apple events in, in the fall, if it ever crosses over with the stuff that we talk about. But we're about maybe like two episodes of Superhero Slate away from uh, any sort of new Apple stuff. But they're going to be announcing new phones there. Yep, new phones, new operating system, new features, probably new watches. I don't know. Anything and everything technologically related will probably come out. Yeah. Well, I think, they're, I think they're going to be talking a, probably a little bit more about their subscription game service because I saw that there's a Mario Kart game that's available for pre-order in the iOS store mm-hmm. right now, and I'm assuming that launch is going to coincide with this Apple well, event. The, the game, uh, Mario Kart itself, is free. Um, the subscription will only get you access to paid games. Mm-hmm. So I don't – it may be related, but I don't – they won't be on there. It's like a, hey, your subscription gets you access to this already free game kind of thing. But, um, but yeah, we've got some technology coming up. With it. We're, we're big techies. We have fun with that, right? Mm-hmm. If right. you can't tell already – it is Labor Day week, yeah. and we are doing our best to give you the most entertainment as possible with the the few bullet points of notes we, that we have. <laughs> last week was so intense and so oh, in depth. Jesus, it was forever. It was like an hour and a half show. I felt and, like, and everyone was like, it was a, actually over an hour and a half. It was like an hour and forty minutes. Um, <laughs> this week they're like, hey, here's some stuff. I guess. I mean, have a little bit of news um, to to get through the week. Um, I did, however, want to say if anyone's big into Funko game and likes to collect cool ones, they have a multicolored chrome Hulk Funko Pops uh, where he's snapping his finger from in-game. Oh, uh, cool. They're in every Infinity Stone color. So you can get all six colors and line them up in this nice chrome fashion if you wanted to. <laughs> and then I don't know if Mike has shared this on our social media or not, but the Disney Plus deal... Um, you get you buy like two years, you get the third one free, so you get like thirty three percent off. Average comes at like four and some change a month. Uh, is live through the end of today only. Yeah, I uh, I did because I knew uh, there wasn't going to be much time left once we started recording the show with this deal. So I I tweeted it out through our account earlier in the week. Uh, yeah, this was a pretty great deal, and actually, it was kind of nice being able to pay for it all up front because uh, I'm a responsible adult that has a Google Drive spreadsheet with all of my expenditures, and on that spreadsheet, you know, I have like you know Hulu, HBO, you know Netflix on there. So it's kind of nice knowing that I don't have 
to add that Disney Plus uh, fee on my spreadsheet for three more years because I was just able to pay for it uh, up front and got a really good deal. I think I did the math and like what uh, Disney Plus is going to be $7 a month. But if you pay for it up front, it ends up being, I think, $3.90 somewhere around there. So. Um, you have to go. You have to go sign up for some stuff. D twenty three account, which can be free, but they're going to put all of the paid options in front of you first. So just scroll, you know, to the appropriate part of the page until you see the free account button. And then it takes, you know, I, I think it took me about like maybe twenty minutes before they gave me the option uh, to buy the Disney Plus thing. But it takes a little bit for their server to kind of like ping back and forth to give you that option. So uh, if you're listening to this now, uh, hopefully there's enough time for you to go get it. But even if not, seven bucks a month is not too bad. Yeah, I mean it's it's great. Again, we talked about the content is awesome. You know, it's it's not the best out the gate, but it's, I think this is one of those things you're going to see value over time. It's only going to well, grow. Well, Chris, I look at it this way: it does sound like I'm a Disney shill, but at the same time, this is where all the this is where all of the Marvel stuff, or at least half of the Marvel stuff, is going to be the new stuff. So if you want to listen to our show and catch up with all the things that we're talking about every week, you're kind of going to have to have Disney Plus, right? Uh, to, to catch up with all these Disney shows and all the Star Wars stuff. So you know we're going to be talking about The Mandalorian mm-hmm. uh, towards uh, the back half well, of the year. So and, and the majority, there are more Phase 4 TV shows in Marvel now than there are movies at this point mm-hmm. after the addition of the three last week. So I mean, um, you, you know, you've got to be you've got to be part of this. If you're not part of this, you're not part of the zeitgeist. And and what what points that? You know, why even, <laughs> that's, why even listen? To that? <laughs> that's going to be the next Marvel superhero they're going to introduce. They're just going to call him the zeitgeist, and he just goes around telling people, "Hey, you don't want to miss this. You don't want to miss this." Yeah. And then he's just got like a tattoo over his forehead that says well, FOMO. <laughs> well, no, that's a sidekick. He's zeitgeist, and his sidekick's FOMO. Oh so, my gosh, that's great. Yeah. So we're really we're really pitching this, man. God, what a three day weekend guys look at look how energetic we are creative juices are flowing i know but mike has taken his three-day weekend and turned it into a uh, content consumption weekend is what it looks oh, like oh yeah this was a this was a big weekend for kind of uh for uh some nerd properties if you will so uh the dark crystal uh finally premiered on netflix i would say this was a pretty big deal and i could tell because i wasn't even a dark crystal kid growing up mm-hmm. i i think i saw the movie when when I was a kid, but it's not something that we really watched in our household, so I don't even really remember much of it at all. So when I heard that this was coming out this weekend, I googled, oh, do I need to watch the movie before I watch Dark Crystal? And uh, the premise was like, no, this is actually a prequel uh, series, so you don't need to watch the movie at all. So it's like, oh, perfect. So uh, I checked out the first episode and um, a lot of lore building for sure because uh, I wasn't familiar with the series at all. So I appreciated it, but it does make the first episode go a little slow, but I am looking forward to watching the second episode to kind of uh, jump into it and you know hit the, hit the ground running. So I would say maybe stick with it. Hopefully you'll enjoy episode two. Um, I, I'm hoping I enjoy it as well, but a lot of really cool puppet shit in there, man. Yeah. Um, at, at first it's a little jarring because like I said, I hadn't really seen the Dark Crystal movie. So uh, it, t- it takes me a little bit to warm up to some of these characters because even though the, these are puppets made with like 2019 technology it's still 
dark crystal puppet. So it's just like the characters and the creatures only emote so much. It's like, you know, there's a hand inside of them moving the mouth. But, you know, I, I would say after about like 20, 25 minutes, I was just like, okay, I can kind of look past the um, the kind of uh, roughness of what a puppet is. And now I'm just kind of seeing their characters. So a lot of really great ways of balancing the puppeteering with special effects uh, a lot of cool things like the there's like this cool imaginative ideas of like there's like a car in this world but the car has like wheels that are like these rolling beetles so these beetles are kind of like the horses they have to roll around so just kind of neat stuff like that so I'm looking forward to see what other uh, interesting stuff is is on there uh, did you watch the Dark Crystal movie Chris? Uh no, I, when I was little, I saw it. However, I recently attempted to watch it, um, and I only got maybe a third of the way through before I was like, "I, it's not for me right now." So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time, but it's I'm I'm definitely not the. Uh, the audience yeah. for this right now. I, I I mean, going off the first episode, um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a for a kids only type of audience. It seems like it's maybe kind of one of those hybrid pieces of media where maybe kind of all ages will pull stuff out of it. Um, like there's some dramatic stuff that's happened, but like I don't expect to see any like blood or guts anywhere. So um, blood and guts. That, <laughs> that was that Happy Time Murders movie, which I would uh, wish yeah. on my own enemies. So. Yeah, and I, I think in the trailer, I think I saw some. Uh, I think I saw some ejaculation somewhere around. That. I don't oh. think we're gonna see any. We're not gonna see any of that in here. Uh, there is some. There is some light puppet kissing. So, but it's sweet though. It's uh, you want them. They both consented to it. Um, <laughs> but if you want to continue your uh, Labor Day weekend with more lore building like we did. We uh, we just finished watching the first two episodes of Carnival Row, which was promoted heavily when we were at Comic-Con, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, well, a little bit, was it? The Boys was Amazon's biggest push, or is this Netflix? Uh, no, this was Amazon as well. I, I mean, they had, they had like an Amazon experience that they – teamed with the boys and carnival row well i guess it was a little bit more uh a little bit more forward for me because when we went to our comic-con uh taping of conan o'brien yeah uh, orlando bloom and what's her face uh, i can't remember her. yeah she uh, they were the guests so uh it was a little bit more uh, at the front of my lobe but we checked out the first two episodes. Uh, uh, another show with lots of fantasy elements. Uh, a preamble at the top of the show to let you know kind of what's going on with these different factions of humans and creatures. Uh, it looks extremely expensive because uh, you have a lot of makeup going on because you have a lot of kind of like human-animal hybrid type of characters. Uh, uh, it's, it's like a Victorian type of setting mixed in with... a. Like, maybe a little bit of steampunk. Like, I wouldn't call this a steampunk show, but there's kind of like a high-rise monorail train thing going through the city, which kind of gives you that little bit of future tech vibe, but not really. So, more lore going on there. So, it looks very expensive. Uh, it seems like something Amazon really wants you to watch. So, I guess if you want to check it out, go go take a look. And if you want something a little on the on the lighter side, a little bit funnier, I didn't know that this show was a thing because there's already three episodes out now. But over on HBO, there's a show called The Righteous Gemstones, which is written and directed by Danny McBride. And it's just hilarious. We watched the first episode. It's about like this uh, this family that runs a evangelical like mega church. And it's just there is some hijinks and there is some hilarity that ensues in that uh, first episode. Uh, John Goodman's like the 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 
patriarch matriarch what is it called when the man is the head of the family that's patriarch yeah he's like the patriarch of the family danny mcbride is the oldest son uh adam divine i think that's his name from workaholics Mm -hmm. he he is the youngest son and then there's like a daughter that kind of gets like shunned and pushed to the corners but there's some really funny stuff in there so go check out the righteous gemstones and then uh my uh my wife picked up a board game at target this weekend called the game of life quarter life crisis now with crippling debt which I thought was I was I was proud of of the life franchise for kind of leaning into the meme that is their game because uh, we have a few collections of the life game in our house and we have an, a very old one from the eighties where it's kind of very um, it's a it's very of its time so if you play the game of life now it just uh, it just seems funny and it's just like oh really it's just that easy to buy a house and you know. Uh, <laughs> collect yeah. all of this money. So uh, this uh, version of the game of life, uh, it doesn't even get put you uh, to a track to to end where the game of life usually has you end up in a retirement home. It's like just t- it's just a couple figure eights on the board, and the goal of the game is just to collect enough money to get out of debt. And all of the jobs that you get are like, you know, modern day jobs. Like you could be like a web designer or you could be like a social media influencer or you could be a part-time DJ. And every job comes with like a side gig. So you could be like a social media influencer uh, slash your side gig is like uh, a medical testa guinea pig or something like that. So it was pretty funny. We, we had a good time. So and I, I would assume it's not that expensive since it's kind of it's not really one of those niche like boutique board games. Game. So if you see uh, the Game of Life, Quarter Life Crisis, uh, now with Crippling Debt, uh, pick it up. It's pretty fun. Okay. I will put that on my to-do list uh, eventually so at some point. Probably yeah. not. I'm not I'm not big on the game, <laughs> but that's fine. But let's get into the news. We're here to talk news. We've got some mm-hmm. Spider-Man stuff. I shared this with you yesterday, Mike, I think, or maybe Saturday. Uh, this three-day weekend sold me for a loop. But Sony and Disney are to come back to the table for Spider-Man terms this week, or in the next couple yeah, weeks. It's going to happen. It's in their best interest to keep Spider-Man going the direction that, he's, that he is. This is just what happens when two big media conglomerates uh, are trying to get their way. Uh, it makes it's, it, it's always a bigger deal, and it ends up in the news. So yep. that's that's my take on all this. Yeah, and you know who who really who really wins in the long run? Again, my thoughts. You know, after thinking about it for like a week, a week or two now, it's like, does Marvel you know honestly need Spider Man? I'd like to see one more movie to wrap up his trilogy, mm-hmm. if you will. But with so many more Fantastic Four and X Men people, you know, we're only going to get so many movies a year. Uh, what? Wrap up Spider Man, and we can you know pull them when we need them later. But I don't think we need a whole new second set of trilogy with Spider-Man, you know, yeah. after this. Yeah, I, 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 I pretty much agree. As much as I love Spider-Man, he is my, he's one of my favorite Marvel comic book uh, characters. Uh, I, I love him to death. But if you were to take Tom Holland's Spider-Man out of the MCU, there wouldn't really be that much of an effect to be mm-hmm. honest, he he is a great addition to the to the crews that he's runs with because he's kind of got that wisecracking uh, sensibility that fits really well into the MCU. But I, you take out his movies, like okay, well Tony Stark, I guess he really doesn't have like a mentor, but that doesn't really affect what his character ends up doing in a lot of these movies. He's really driven by his by Pepper Potts and his daughter in Avengers Endgame, not so much Peter really. I mean, it comes up, but that's not really his all 
goal is to get Peter back. So uh, Sony, I think Sony, like you said, Sony needs uh, the MCU more than uh, the MCU needs Spider-Man. Especially, too, like there's going to be an end date eventually with Tom Holland. Like I guess they could do something clever and what the comics have done with Spider-Man for a while where what happens when Spider-Man kind of gets old and grows up and gets married. So I would, I actually would enjoy to see a movie like that where Spider-Man's like finally kind of out of the throes of just being a pubescent kid. Uh, you know, we, we kind of got that with the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans, but we only had two good movies with him. So mm-hmm. we'll see how, we'll see how this goes. Right. And what's interesting is, you know, the report, you know, we're talking about here is that um, Sony, you know, if I think, you know, they, they like, okay, look, we'll, maybe split the the 50 50 profits with you but we want uh spider-man to appear on venom 2 or venom 3 to legitimize these movies because we're they're trying hard they're hiring the right people right they're Mm -hmm. trying to get away from i mean the first one made money yes but can they do better and i think they're trying to do better especially after the success of into the spider-verse yeah so is that the is that the prevailing rumor out there now that they're trying to get spidey into the venom movies uh, yeah and, and right now this comes from a source who like um you know s- uh, said that taskmaster was a villain in black widow and that they said black knight was coming to the mcu stuff so this is a reputable source uh for rumors um you know saying that you know this is what sony wants to happen for the him for them See, to make a deal. So this is what really confuses me because I I don't understand why Sony needs permission from Marvel. Are do are they just looking? Are they just do they not need it? But, but they just want them to be on board with it. Well, right, because if they can put him in there, right, as is Tom Holland can go to these Venom movies. Okay, however, they can never if they do this and don't get the blessing of, of Marvel and, and Disney, they cannot reference literally anything that made Tom Holland Spider-Man beforehand. So you can't reference, you know, anything that happened in his movies, uh, or, um, that has to do with the Marvel, like, you know, no Tony Stark, no Avengers, nothing like that. You essentially have to start over fresh, uh, and, and figure out where he got all those suits and, and stuff from. Like, so if they like, Hey, look, we work out a deal. We can reference some of the stuff that did happen to him, but we can put him in Venom. But Venom's not necessarily coming into yeah. your universe. You're fine. I guess. I guess. Yeah, it would just make the cameo more rich because mm-hmm. they do have the right to Spider-Man, so they could put Tom Holland in a Spider-Man suit in a Venom movie. But he would just have to be such a he would just have to be such a straightforward version of Spider-Man. Like you know, don't really talk about like how old your Aunt May is or that she's hot at all you know don't talk about that you have like uh, a girlfriend and the most important thing is uh the last we left spider-man is people know what his identity is so he he couldn't reference like one of the biggest thing that's happening in his life right now and also why is he in san francisco if that's end up where he's going but also i could see this as a as a great opportunity for what we wanted to be in the Venom movie was explain the symbiote within the MCU. Like uh, everyone was saying, the symbiote should just fall off of uh, the uh, the Milano, one of the Guardian ships. It should just come in from. It should just be like an incidental, like accident that the symbiote landed on Earth from a ship that we've seen plenty of spaceships now in the MCU. So hopefully they'll play nice. Hopefully Andy Serkis will redeem the character, and it won't just be so freaking weird anymore. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, and, crossing my fingers. And Andy Serkis has ties to Marvel Cinema, Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? Being Claw and Age of Ultron and Black Panther, so you know there is a chance of redemption here all around for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, I, and I would guess too when Andy Serkis is on set. 
Uh, I'm sure he's giving tips and advice to some of the some of the young upstarts there in motion capture suits. He's just like, uh-uh, you want to roll your shoulders like this. All right, I'm going to my trailer. Don't forget yeah. how to roll your shoulders. Yeah, no. But, yeah, um, I, 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 there's an opportunity here, I think, you know, if they can be like, get one more Spider-Man movie, right, one more, and uh, then, you know, while they're making Venom, they get this done, and, and then he can go, they can tra- even transition this Tom Holland and Spider-Man into more Venom movies and kind of not really phase him out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but, like, you know, like, hey, he's out doing his own thing right now. We don't, we don't need it. And then they can even possibly potentially bring in an adult Spider-Man later if they needed to. Well, I mean, this is all making my my hopes and dreams for Norman Osborn being a really integral part to the MCU uh, less and less likely. Because, yes, they could broker some sort of deal, but how long would that deal last? It seems like what I want Norman Osborn to be is an overarching character that would last through you know several movies. Mm-hmm. It's just like imagine them trying to pull this off if like Thanos was actually a Sony property. Like they never would have done it. They just would have been like no no no, we're not going to have like Thanos the linchpin of our whole uh 10 years of all of these movies just reside well, in Sony's hands. So I don't think Norman Osborn's going to be as big as a deal as I hope it, he was. That or they couldn't broker a new deal that does I guess cover any of these situations going forward. Mm-hmm. Um because I think maybe when they made the original one, they just did it because they're like, hey, yes, let's do this right now. We we want to do this and just jump into it. Um, so maybe with a little more foresight, because, you know, Marvel does have, you know, probably the next 10 years planned out. Um, they they could make this work a little better. Yeah, but. I do. I do. Like, what if they approach Sony and said, hey, what if we give you uh, like 50 percent of the merchandising rights? Uh-huh. It's a huge deal. A big windfall for Sony. But you're going to have to sign a contract that says we get Spider-Man and this is going to be a long-term contract like 40 years basically. We want to make sure that he can play on our sandbox and we don't have to worry about you know craziness from your studio. So you know yeah. that could be a bargaining chip on the table too. Yeah, a lot, lot of stuff, a lot of uh, interesting ways to to look at it both ways. And, and you know, hopefully someone, especially us, come, comes out on, on top I guess. So that's, that's the, the hope there. Uh, but, you know, we, we've got to wait a little bit. In the meantime, we can always look forward to the New Mutants movie, Mike. Oh, right? gosh, this this film. <laughs> yeah, so right now, uh, there's a, a the newest cut. They're, they're working on, on adapting this movie down a little bit more to its horror roots. So it's going to that back horror-based concept that the director put out whenever he wanted <laughs> to make it. But it's going to... I just keep imagining there's like a toggle on their edit machine that says, okay, toggle the horror on. Uh, okay, now yep. toggle the horror off. Okay, which version of the movie do we like? <laughs> yeah, well, and so it's, it's getting positive audience test scores right now in its current iteration. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also, they say that they're working on the edits to remove any X-Men or external mutant references as, as a whole and just kind of making it its own little movie. Um, oh my god, I never thought... That this could be an option. We kept thinking about like, oh, how do they neuter this or how do they plus it up to try to get it into the MCU? Obviously, in the back of my head, I always thought it would be mutants related, but they would just kind of let it die out on a, you know, on a ledge and just forget that it was out there. But holy crap, the idea of just removing the concept of X-Men and mutants from it is hilarious. Yeah, so it's still be called New Mutants, but they're just... And, and mutants exist, but like they're just teens in a secret facility, and they have powers. Um, <laughs> really, just kind of make it a horror film uh, that you know they're like, yeah, you guys are mutants, but you don't know you're like 
you don't know your mutants. So what it enjoy. what it kind of seems like to me is it seems like they're trying to just set up a coin flip here. They're just like, we want to make a movie that we can release, and worst comes to worst, we'll just write it off as a loss on our books. But if we kind of make it, if we make it neutral enough that maybe the audience will really love it, and if that wild card scenario happens, we can develop this into a franchise. But they, I think they're just trying to set it up for that possibility, but not expecting it. Yeah, make it make it a one and done, and nothing tied to anything. But if they're like, yeah, maybe we can pull it out later, pull these characters into future X Men movies, they could do that and be like, well, this was a secret. I guess um, door into that, but uh, who knows? I mean, Marvel—they're—they're they're open to recasting people, right? So, um, it does the—I guess the first Incredible Hulk movie does count because some of those characters turn in later, but it's only like General Ross, right? Like nobody else mm-hmm. matters. So, um, it could be one of those situations where they're like, "Well, we're going to pull this character in later, but never reference anything else in here ever again." Um, because it, it took off. I also think, you know, you mentioned merchandising with Spider-Man with all these characters and their abilities. Can you just imagine all the toys and toy packs are going to make for like, you know, <laughs> for this? Because they're like, you know, they are, you know, they're supposed to be teenage people in this movie. And, you know, when they, they probably were when they filmed it five years ago, but, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of ideas for them to Disney. Like, all right, we're going to just going to make toys of all these characters. So enjoy this little movie <laughs> while we rake in those toy Toy oh dollars. my gosh! If if I if I've known anything about uh, uh, disappointing toy sales, if they don't go well, you'll just see them at the ninety nine cent store or the Dollar Tree or the Dollar General in mm-hmm. their discount toy section. And be like, oh, the new mutants toys. Is this? Oh, this you, is... you mean five below? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, there's uh, there's always going to be an action figure um, community that'll probably buy the what I forget. They're not legends. They might be legends. Marvel Legends versions, but. Um, I don't know. There's there's an opportunity here for this movie to be released and never, no one outside of people who actually know what's going on, know that this was a mutant movie or an X Men movie to even begin with. So, um, that's fine. That's cool with me. Uh, they could also even make it easier to be put on Hulu, Mike. Uh, without <laughs> without yep putting it in there, tying it into that that X Men collection. Now I know everyone else loves the Inhumans as much as I do, especially <laughs> that TV show they put in IMAX. And literally, IMAX was so happy with this they stopped making TV shows for IMAX completely. That's how happy they were with this deal. Uh, and if you don't understand the sarcasm coming out of my voice, I apologize. Uh, not only did it ruin the IMAX deal for making television shows ever again, um, nothing has ever referenced the show in or outside of any other Marvel properties. So the Inhumans, uh, currently to the MCU, does not exist as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, however, there is potential and some rumors, uh, some rumblings for a proper introduction of Inhumans to the Marvel Cinematic Universe at large. Um, you know, as much as I am a big fan of S.H.I.E.L.D. and these other smaller shows, they will never ever pop back up into the movie status, right? Phil Coulson, mm-hmm. when he died, he went to television world and he's never coming back to the land of the living in that regard. So, you know, same with humans, they could essentially wipe the slate clean be like, you know, that show that nobody watched. It never happened. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and introduce them properly because as of last week, we have a miss Marvel announcement who mm-hmm. is an inhuman and the celestials with the eternals are also increment or part of the inhuman creation as well. So they could create this baseline in the next three to four years and then do Inhumans down the road as they, they yeah. need them. Like, so I have thoughts here. 
So no, first of no, first of all, as as much as you like the Inhumans, uh, I feel like the only reason that the Inhumans were ever on the table to begin with, whether it was in their early film form that Feige promised you that you never got, or the eventual Rest TV form that we got. It was because that they didn't have the mutants. I think, honestly, they, they kind of sat down. They were just like, hey, uh, we have no plans of buying Fox because this wasn't on the table at the time. But we want these types of characters in the MCU. What options do we have? And then some. I think it was a very smart idea. Someone said, well, what about the Inhumans? We basically have the same type of storytelling that we can tell where, you know, you just have, like, humans with, like, interesting and quirky powers. And we kind of can just explain it away like we don't have to have these elaborate origin stories they just have powers which was the whole reason why the mutants in the comic books were created to begin with they didn't want to have all these backstories for how people got powers they just mutated and have them so now that the mutants are on the table i'm just thinking do they need the inhumans so i know it hurts you to hear this chris because you love all these characters well i think i think the difference is actually how they yes they are just people who just get powers right that that's similar but that's a very baseline similarity the inhumans are kind of along the lines of what i'm going to like they they were introduced in the fantastic four they are primarily dealt with the blue area on the moon and they're kind of outcast whereas the mutants in, in, in Marvel are not outcasts. They are a, I guess, a, a metaphor for, uh, you know, racism and bigotry and hatred and all this other, you know, uh, you know, agoraphobia. So people hate, saw them and hated them, you know, because they look different. And humans are kind of like the tribal version of this. So like we, they are a kingdom. They are, they have this, uh, you know, a king and a queen and all the people and the, the patriarchs. And they're trying to deal with... That so the stories are entirely different. How they get their powers may look similar, but I think their storylines are different. And if we're going into a world where we have the potentially to do an undersea kingdom with Namor, uh, the land kingdom with the Black Panther, possibility of Latveria with Doom as a kingdom, the Inhumans have a kingdom, and then if they go space and cosmic, and the humans have a huge tie-in to uh, the Annihilation comic books and dealing with that, and even butting heads with. Uh, Cyclops' brother, uh, his name was Vulcan. Uh, Black Bolt and him, uh, really, there's a, a series called Realm of Kings where they, so, they fought. So there's an opportunity for them to exist in there without saying these are mutant replacements, I guess. Yeah, I, it just, if this ends up being a possibility, it seems like something that's not going to show up for a really long time. Like, it seems like they would prioritize developing mutants first and then right. get to Inhumans. But I feel like they have a very important decision that they're going to have to make up front. Because, like you said, we are getting Miss Marvel on the Disney streaming service sooner than anything else in humans. So how are they going to explain that? Because I feel like the easiest and most streamlined way to do this um, which may or may not be the right idea, but hear me out, is Inhumans are never going to be a thing. Let's just go ahead and say uh, we are not going to introduce the Inhumans. We're going to table them because we don't want to have to worry about developing them. The easiest thing to do would just be make Miss Marvel a mutant. Like that would be so easy, uh, and then you just you just back you just push her into the mutant storyline well, moving forward. That would that I think, but that would ruin the whole premise of what she was based on and how she's been written in her books and why people, I think, enjoy her. 
Um, and she could she could literally just be an inhuman. There could be something about this terror and they don't have to touch it for years. But everywhere Miss Marvel goes, she's always been an inhuman and not a mutant because they don't want to tie her into the X Men, and she doesn't she doesn't fit into that that role there. Um, be, there because was, she's there fighting was, her own battles that are not related to there, the X-Men. There was one thing that you were pitching just a minute ago that did kind of make me interested in the idea of Inhumans, though. Because you were saying the Inhumans are kind of like their own their own troop, their own kingdom, uh, their own people. Then you have the undersea people, Namor, who are their own. you got Black Panther, that's their own kingdom. Uh, eventually the mutants will like band together and they'll be their own group. I was just imagining a mute, a movie in like, in like 10 years down the road where all of these like kingdoms like clash somewhere out there, like in a big open field. We'll get another one of those iconic running shots where all these groups are running out of each other. It's battle of the five armies yet again. (laughs) The, uh, yeah. Lord of the Rings. So there, there, there could be something there to that. Um, like I said when we were watching Agents of Shield years ago, introducing the concept of Inhumans is rough. It's not very easy. It's a very lore based. It's 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 heavy, and I think it's easier to get across on a comic book page. Uh, on a on the big screen, it's a little bit more complicated. So I trust Feige and the MCU to be able to do it. So I could say I'm a, I'm at the very least curious to see the idea of the Inhumans returning to the big screen. Yeah, and, and that's what I, I mean. I think it, it boils down to mutants are born with their powers, and then um, Inhumans are exposed to a crystal which says you have powers or not. Um, and if they ever want to follow up the legacy of Thanos, Thanos has a son whose name is Thane, who is an inhuman as well. Um, and he looks like a normal person. He has the ability to heal people rather than uh, with one arm and, and deal death with the other, which is like the duality of Thanos to begin with. So if they ever want to deal with the legacy of Thanos in the long run, they could definitely use him in the inhuman realm as well. Well, so. as a great sage once said maybe they're born with it maybe it's maybelline it's probably maybelline yeah mm-hmm. uh, was that uh was that um evolution where the shampoo and conditioner saved everybody by killing the <laughs> i think so. that's a good that's a good movie go check yeah. that out if you haven't seen it yet. yeah uh but don't watch the one about the volcanoes and stuff that mike always no, talks about you absolutely have to disney plus again we talked about this at the top show d23 uh, is offering a discount. You can get the free account through today only, the, the 9-2, uh, to buy two years, get one free. And the, the deal's awesome. But I just wanted to put it in our notes here because... There's a good chance that unless you listen to this podcast, the minute it drops, you may have missed it. Yeah. So. I, I just, while doing the show, I shared it on Facebook, Mike. Just again, because I want people to know it's today only. Um, we I used uh, my Disney... Uh, credit card to get it so i get them disney points you know <laughs> disney does not own my life or anything you're, at all. you're double dipping over there yeah pretty much but that also kicks off the next d next set of topics are d23 related uh we talked a little bit last week about the black widow footage we don't have the footage but we got a poster uh showing off a lot of the people here involved including you know we see taskmaster scarlett johansson's black widow on the left of it is uh yelena belova and some other black widows on the right, we get to see David Harbour with his big bushy beard and what appears to be like a red Captain America helmet going on mm-hmm. there. Uh, he's Red Guardian, so he's essentially Captain America if he was Russian. 
Yeah, and I would assume he is a retired or an aged out of the Russian program because we all saw David Harbour in the last season of Stranger Things. He is rocking the thick dad bod, which I don't think is anywhere comparable comparable to what where Chris Evans has been in the costume. So I'm curious to see what that character is going to look like and how that's gonna how that's gonna play. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Exactly. He's probably again, like I said, probably was created uh, by the look of it in the Cold War era. Um, that's where he was operated mostly, and then you know started facilitating maybe the training and the uh, the production of the Black Widow classes. So um, yeah, the, the poster looks pretty cool. Uh, this isn't her white outfit. It looks like a standard pretty much Black Widow outfit. I mean, all around. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to see some footage and some some trailers pop out of that. Uh, we, last week we also talked heavily about the Eternals and uh, you know how we think the Celestials look pretty cool, and they uh, released a poster there as well. It's a very teaser poster with a huge, ginormous Celestial-looking dude over the Earth and the Moon, and I cannot tell, but is it like, is he like materializing or is this like a blood splatter behind his head, uh, on on the Celestial? Oh, uh, I think that's just uh, I think that's just the galaxy behind them. It's hard to tell. Everything in space looks like it could be blood splatter. I guess the uh, reflection on this photo is not very well either. Yeah, man, I'm so curious how they're going to handle these big chi- these big giant beasts that just go so beyond the scale and scope of just normal human everyday problems, which is what we love about superheroes in general. You know, the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, or just even like Captain America, who at the very at the very most even outside of uh, Avengers Endgame, is just trying to save his friend Bucky. And then it's just like, oh, put all of your problems aside, Avengers. You got this giant, huge, godlike creature that's like a hundred times bigger than planet Earth. So well, good luck with all of that. <laughs> well, the best part is we've already seen one dead celestial uh, in nowhere, the, the head of a celestial, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which th- this kind of, I did some, li- the eye holes or whatever those are don't line up. But I love the techie look to it, like the techno-organic look of the Celestials here. Um, so maybe this is the head of that Celestial uh, of nowhere. And then also uh, Kurt Russell was a Celestial, and he, he got killed too. So they at least showed, hey, you can kill Celestials by introducing one dead one and then one really quickly dead one. So Yeah, you just got to turn into Pac-Man. That's all you, that's all yeah, you got to do. Yeah, <laughs> the Pac-Man scene, of course. Yeah. Um, and then he, he just he's just going around banging all the creatures across the universe. That's all Celestials want to do, dude. Uh-huh. Um, and then lastly, we have a uh, poster for WandaVision showing off that 1950s lifestyle looks like here. Uh, you know, I look at this, I'm like, instantly, I'm like, oh, this is like a Leave it to Beaver kind of set going on here with a human Paul Bettany version and a very housewifey Scarlet Witch. But if you look at their shadows in the back, you see... The original vision with the yellow gem in his head and the the Scarlet Witch comic book version with her little horns. Mm-hmm. And also the TV is glowing red. Yeah. So I'm curious how much of this is just like an, a, an homage to maybe some of the themes that they might be doing? Or is this like a direct visual that we might be getting in the show? Uh, I have the most questions about WandaVision than any of the other shows that have been announced. Because I just have no idea where it's going. Like, we know Scarlet Witch is a character that's going to continue on in the proper timeline of the show. You know, 
because she's going to be in the next Doctor Strange movie. But theoretically, this show could be a prequel. You know, maybe it, it could take place in that weird time when they were trying to get to know each other. There's a chance maybe it takes place after where Vision died and maybe Wanda's like grieving and going crazy. Who knows? I don't know. I really think, you know, the more I look at the, the font of the logo is also like that 1950s car style that they would have on the back of those big uh, wide cars too. Oh, kind of like the art deco feel. Yeah. Yeah. So everything about this feels like fifties. And I think honestly, she's going to accidentally be grieving and open up a portal or, or, or like some sort of like accidental timeline that she creates to do this. So, but yeah. I mean, they're selling it though. They're going all out on this one. I'll yeah. tell you that right now. One thing that I am nervous about, I don't know if I've ever brought up this pet peeve on the show, but one thing that I hate that movies and TV shows do is I hate the I hate the fantasy dream sequences of any kind of piece of media and it just ends up being like an allegory for what the character is going through because the whole time I'm watching it I'm just thinking to myself can we just end this spiritual uh, fantasy journey so we can get back to the movie or get back to the TV show like I don't want to see them go through all of this character development during their coma or during their dream like this is all pointless to me and I know what I'm watching is all fake so and it has no consequences it's not like you know this giant toaster is going to turn into some sort of like metal beast and eat this person and the characters off the show. So that's always been a, a very, pet peeve of mine. It's a very specific <laughs> reference. <laughs> I was just uh, this is this Chris. This is how my brain works. Um, my creative soul. Well, I so. don't. I don't think this. Will, see, I don't think this will take place in between movies because they were always hiding. You know when they were together, and you know honestly, you know I think seeing the power of Wanda in in game. And well, honestly, Infinity War shows that she could have beaten Thanos hands down by herself. Yeah. Um, so I think we're going to see a lot more of her powers open up, and then that will allow them to tie into like she accidentally creates these uh, dimensions or opens up these multiverses, and then lets some bad people in, resulting in the Doctor Strange movie, mm-hmm. or or maybe she sells her something to to a devil of a different universe or accesses the wrong universe's power because that's how magic works in this uh, universe apparently. <laughs> so. I think I don't think this is a prequel. I think this is going to show post in game uh, stuff, and we're going to be treated to some really creepy things. So, knock on wood for that. Uh, so that wraps up our Marvel D twenty three. Now, the biggest thing we talked about last week was the Star Wars D twenty three stuff, right? We had a uh-huh. lot of that, an Obi Wan Kenobi thing. We had a Mandalorian, um, that uh, Cassian Andor show that nobody wants to watch. Um, and then most importantly, the Rise of Skywalker got a D23 special look there, and they released it on Monday, as I said last week on the show, <laughs> for us to watch, and good lord, this yeah. is very epic feeling yeah. in scope. It's it's like kind of a trailer, but it also isn't. Yeah. I would say it's almost more like a teaser commercial spot that got bolted onto some uh, look back stuff. So I think, like you said, you were breaking down the the pie chart of this uh, special look. Like the majority of it is what did you say? Previous movies? Yeah. So this, like I was telling Mike, this debuts. Um, the, it, it goes four, five, six, one, two, three, seven, eight, nine in terms of how it presents the, the episodes. But forty five seconds of it is four, five, six. Ten seconds of it is one, two, three. And the rest of it was the new stuff. So yeah, it's like it knows what people want to see in Star Wars by cutting out as as much 
of the the I guess where the vitriol is as possible because uh, it only showed some cool stuff from one, two, and three. It didn't hardly show anything except maybe two scenes from eight, and it's mostly like the ships flying across the water in the desert. So, um, yeah, I would say like, the I would yeah. yeah I would say like the big bullet points from this trailer. The takeaways is uh, we get to see a look at Darth Vader's uh, helmet that was uh, melted. We saw uh, on uh, Endor, so that is making a return again. Uh, we we see a, a shot of Ray where it looks like there's some lightsaber glow over her face and it's kind of going back and forth between blue and red, kind of hinting uh, maybe where her origin of her character is going. We see her fighting Ray. Uh, we see Ray fighting uh, Kylo on some sort of like wreckage or some sort of like basically Star Wars architecture. That, some people have said they've seen it other places. Some people say it looks similar to other stuff. We don't really know. It, it, it looks very close to the um, Death Star 2 where the Emperor was uh, killed, uh, which is probably why the Emperor plays a huge part. Not only this you know, trailer, the other trailer, the, the even the poster... Uh, you know, you hear them a lot, so I think we're gonna see a lot of throwbacks to that. Uh, I thought it was cool. One of the, my favorite shots is whenever she's throwing the lightsaber in the woods with her training and keeping the yeah, blade on. That was pretty rad. I liked that. Uh, a lot of people seem to really gravitate towards C-3PO with red eyes. That's been, like, the second biggest Star Wars meme, I feel like, of the week. I don't really know why people are focusing on that that much. Like, to me, I just see a robot that can just maybe change the color of its eyes. Or it could literally just be the angle that the camera's at. Like, it just it could just be reflections. I'm not really taking much away from the oh, C-3PO Sith. I, <laughs> I don't think he's Sith. I, I mean, well, there's two things here. One, Anakin built him, right? That, that mm-hmm. much we know. What if he put some latent programming in him to come alive later? Uh, does he have backdoor? He has, like, backdoor FBI yeah. access to C-3PO. But, but I also found out in the <laughs> novels and, and other expanded stuff, since J.J. Um, Abrams did the uh, episode 7, uh, apparently Leia had him uh, has some software on him that lets him use other droids as a spy network. Um, but I could also see this being um, C-3PO has been uploaded with a new conscious of someone other robot that's taking these people somewhere and that's why his eyes glow red i don't know there's a lot of options here but i don't think he himself is an evil person Mm -hmm. yeah but obviously the biggest takeaway the biggest star wars meme of the last week is the uh, sith ray with her awesome badass in my opinion switchblade lightsaber because i say it on the show every time star wars is at its very core a lightsaber movie so i was pretty stoked uh, to see that lightsaber, Chris. How do, how do you feel about uh, it? Well, I mean, so, A, you get a dark, Sith-looking Ray, right, who looks almost mm-hmm. sickly, and then I'm like, how's that got... Is she holding two lightsabers up, and then she just whips it out, and you're like, oh my gosh, look at that double-bladed lightsaber. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know how... I mean, there's t- a billion and one theories, you know, about what's going on here. Is it a vision, like Luke did in, you know, Empire, or whatever it was, and or is it a... Uh, is it a clone? Who knows what's going on here, Mike? Yeah, or maybe she's just deep undercover. I've seen a lot of cop shows where the cop goes undercover with the gangs. Maybe that's what it is. Who knows? Who's she going undercover for? Isn't Kylo the only like Sith left? 
Yeah, I don't I don't know. I feel like th- this is the last movie in the franchise. So I feel like it's, she's not like turning. This seems almost more like if they wanted to make the audience think she was bad, they would put it in the second movie and then they would finally give us the reveal or they would give us the resolution of the plan in the third movie. Yeah, so I don't really know what's going on so here. I'm not I'm not thinking. You're of, telling me think- they're trying to sell more lightsaber toys by making a dark <laughs> evil version of Rey in this well, trailer. So actually we were talking about this uh, before we started recording the show we were thinking oh what made them pick the clips that they did from the previous movies uh for this uh special d23 look and uh we kind of thought it was a mixture between just what are some cool stuff from the movies that people mm. remember and maybe what some stuff that might lead us to conclude what will happen in this final movie um maybe they just showed us darth maul with his double-bladed lightsaber to reinforce the idea that double-bladed lightsabers exist so when we saw ray holding that one we weren't just like freaking out going like oh what's happening here mm-hmm. it um, could be but that's of the things from episode one you'll always remember pod racing and a double-bladed lightsaber mic yeah what I but what I do have to say is I mean the um, the the cis might be the bad guys of this universe but they are the only people innovating on the form of the lightsaber <laughs> we have we have like the double bladed one from Darth Maul we have the, the we have the hilt edition from Kylo now it looks like we're getting the double bladed I mean the Jedi's are just sleeping on this innovation they're not going to sell anything at Shark Tank the way they're going so yeah. um, the, oh we changed know. color ooh <laughs> but Chris th- it sounds like we are making a lot of predictions here we've never so. done that before I don't know <laughs> where you ever thought we'd make some predictions here however uh, I think what you're getting at here is you had a great idea this week where um, I don't know what you were doing what mindset <laughs> you were in but um, Mike suggested we make a bingo card full of our predictions. Twenty, yes. Four, I think twenty-four. You say twenty-five because I yeah. think the free space is going to be the Star Wars crawl. Um, but <laughs> so, so, so this this is basically the plan. This is our way for the superhero slate crew, me and you. We are the crew, Chris, yeah. to put down twenty-five predictions for this movie, and then we're going to randomly lay these out onto a bingo card, and we're going to go ahead and share these out on our socials so we can have our predictions set in stone. So when this movie comes out in December, we can use the bingo cards that we have created, and basically we're putting our credibility here on the line for the bingo cards. But what we're hoping to do is get at least one bingo out of these ideas. So on the show live right now, we're just kind of going to spitball here, and we're going to think of 25 ideas of things that we think are going to happen in this movie. Now, we could really go for the easiest route, and we could just predict all the easiest stuff we can, but that's not how you get street cred out there on the internet, on social media. So we're going to make sure we throw out some wild card ideas, uh, because who knows? Sometimes JJ likes to get a little crazy. Maybe we'll get some. Maybe we'll get some uh, Nutter Butters ideas. So I wasn't expecting a, a rolling droid on a basketball. So we're gonna throw some random ideas out there, some safe ideas, just so we don't get nothing. I don't want a card that has no crosses off on it. Then we never be able to show our faces again on Twitter. So um, yeah, we got we got some uh, we got our show notes open here. And Chris, you have the first idea yep. ready to go. Don't I do because I was like you can't start off without an idea. So the first thing is I think that Ray is a clone for the Emperor. Now we've set up cloning to be a thing in the Clone Wars, right? That the Emperor was mm-hmm. already a part of. So he's obviously used this for his own purposes, not just to uh, create clone troopers. Now I mm-hmm. mean he's he's done something and maybe set someone up there, and that Ray is maybe one of two clones or, or a few. One's an evil one, one's a good one. I don't know, but she's a clone of some sort. 
is my number was my first throw out here, Mike. What? All right. What's yours? We're gonna. I'm gonna type these in as we go. We're gonna. We're All right. Gonna great. These. So, so I would have loved to make the prediction of a new wacky lightsaber, uh, and this is one of the reasons why we're doing the bingo card right now in September is because I'm worried that new trailers are gonna start coming out, and it's gonna just be easier and easier to make these bingo cards. So we're starting early. So I'm gonna go ahead and say I'm gonna guess that there's gonna be some sort of reference to a lightsaber crystal or how they're built. So I'll just go ahead and set in stone and say the lightsaber crystal. Uh, They're just going to specifically talk about that because in the last movie we saw a whole lightsaber explode. So I feel like maybe somebody in this universe is going to want to talk about how they're built. So I'm I'm throwing out lightsaber crystals. All right. I'm going to go with number three. My second one's going to be a safe choice. Uh I'm going to say three force ghosts in this movie. Ooh, force ghosts. All right. So you're, you're you're being strong with that number. Okay. Yep, yep. I, I mean, I could easily go with one, right? That's an easy one. But I think we're going to see three different force ghosts in this movie. Okay. You're smart not determining who the force ghosts are going to be because that would be a little bit harder yeah. to do. Well, I mean, it, what if one, one of them's a Sith ghost at this point? I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> that's what I'm going to go hey. with there. All right. Uh, I think we're going to get some sort of new uh, walking type of um, uh, Imperial or maybe even um, the light side robot. So, uh, you know, we have like the, you know, we have the AT-ATs, we have the one with the four legs. So some sort of giant walking robot. Uh, it could be a variation of what we've seen, but it will clearly be something new and different that walks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think they'll go back to tattooing. They're going to revisit tattooing. Okay. Uh, even though the same planet they said is Pasana in this trailer so far, I think we're going to... Everyone, everything has started on Tatooine, right? In, uh-huh. in, in episode one, episode four, even uh, seven never went to Tatooine. But I think we're going to go back to Tatooine and see something that happened there. Okay. So I'll, I'll give us an easy one, something okay. I think is definitely going to happen. I think uh, Billy D. Williams is going to reference something he did directly in uh, one of the previous movies that he's been in. He is going to, uh, he's going to, he's going to, I don't know if he's going to say Cloud City or if he's going to reference something that he did with Han or something he did to Han in the movies. Maybe he just brings up, oh, I really wish I didn't freeze him in Carbonite. That was a real dick move. Uh, so I think he'll he'll definitely talk about his lineage of what he did before. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Red Eye C three PO, I think C three PO will not make it out of this movie alive. Oh, I was I was just about to predict that maybe R two wouldn't make it out, but you know I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll agree with C three PO there. Yeah, uh, that that's good. Okay, what's yours? Okay, so we so we see Kylo kind of weld his helmet back together, kind of giving the middle finger to Ryan Johnson there. Um, I feel like the helmet's not going to make it out alive. I don't know if the helmet's going to get crushed. I don't know if it's going to get melted. But I feel like uh, that patchwork ain't going to hold up. So uh, we're going to see some sort of, sort of symbolism there with that helmet getting destroyed yet again. Mm-hmm. I think I mean that's that's a great call. Now 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 these are starting to get a little harder, Mike. Um what what, what yeah. can we pull out of this movie that we don't know already? Um I think you got me got me on the ropes here. Do you have another one while I think of this? Well, I, I had I'll, something to do with the red Sith troopers being disappointing. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a so uh, while I throw out my idea, just go ahead and Google Star Wars episode nine 
and just look at the image results because that'll get your brain flowing. That's what's really helping for me over here. But I think we're going to get some sort of, I'll go back to my whole uh, lightsaber trope here. I think we're going to get a unique color of lightsaber, uh, something outside of the blue, green, red landscape. So maybe it'll be yellow. Maybe we'll see purple make their return. Do you, uh, do you feel that's too close to your crystal reference? No, because I think this will just be color. Because maybe the crystals don't come up at all, but there could just be like a uh, some sort of lightsaber in the background, like lighting up being yellow or green or something. Or I guess not green, but outside of that normal realm. So okay, all right. Um, I'm I'm kind of trying to look at this. Maybe I'm you know how about this? I think um, I'll go ahead and make that one. The red Sith troopers will be disappointing. Okay, <laughs> they're not gonna they're not gonna hold up. Yep, and then also a dual sunrise or sunset. Uh, yep, yeah, because you got a you got a sunset on the franchise. That's that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. We... Coming in strong there with uh, two ideas. Um, uh, uh, obviously, we're gonna have a hairstyle. This whole universe is all about hairstyles. I think this will be uh, a really easy one for us. This it doesn't even have to be on a main character. We are gonna see like a humanoid s character with some crazy wacky hair. So I think I think that's almost free space territory. Uh, uh, character, but I mean, Star Wars has always been about crazy hair. Those iconic Leia buns, the the Ray braids. So I'll push that. I'll push that agenda forward. Okay. All right. Um. This is, I, I'm I'm trying to figure out something to do with the Knights of Ren, Mike. That's what I'm trying oh, to. Oh, th- that's what I was thinking too. Um, yeah. I think uh because we're finally going to get to see the Knights of Ren. You know, uh, I think one of them is going to have like this. This I, I think of these as like characters with props. So I think one of them is going to have like this really kind of like weird weapon. I don't know what it's going to be. Like it's not going to just be like a straight up staff. It'll be like a staff that has like an egg beater on it or something or like some sort of corkscrew mechanic or it'll transform in some weird way. So just a weird weapon. I like the way you wrote that down. Weird weapon for the Knights of Ren. Yeah, exactly. Because there's something that they've got to show up at some point in there. Um, mm-hmm. I think there will be another Death Star similar uh, spaceship. I think that makes sense uh, because I mean I well maybe we can kind of fuse these two ideas together. Okay. Um, I think. I was trying to think the Death Star is going to come up again in some way because we keep talking about Death Star wreckage. So if you think there's going to be a similar ship, I think that there's going to be some sort of component of the old Death Star, okay. like whether it's like a core, right. like they're going to have to visit it for a reason. Like, it's not just like they just happen to be on the planet. Um, there you go. How about so, this? A okay. new Death Star similar spaceship for me, and the old Death Star will appear in some fashion. There we go. I love it. Okay. Perfect. Um, I think... I See, I, I don't think... I don't think... You know how this... Ray will not be uh, start a new Jedi Academy. Okay. she is So, no Jedi Academies here. Yep. She's going to go against it because the Jedi didn't work out beforehand. She's going to just go (laughs) against it. So we're up to 16. We're working our way through here. We're almost got a full Uh, bingo card. All right. So um, I think outside of a flashback or hearing the voice again that has been pre-recorded, we will get new original content from Mark Hamill in this movie. So it could be a force ghost. He could still be alive somehow. So, so, so you already we already know he's cast in this movie. So, how do you want to go against that? Because otherwise, it's just a free space. Oh, he he was. Oh, yeah. Because we were talking about maybe yeah. what he could possibly do in the film. Yeah. Um, I Force Ghost Luke 
old Luke Force Ghost. Okay, so you're going with just a very specific Force Ghost. Yes, okay. I, yeah, I, I will put the money down that it will be translucent blue Luke. <laughs> Alright, I'll, I'll change mine to be Sith or Jedi Force Ghost. Three is Sith or Jedi Force Ghost total. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see a couple more. Um, I was going to also put in Ray is not a uh, Kenobi. We will find okay. that on this one. All right, so that that could be that's that's going to be a very binary one uh, there for sure. Yeah. Um, well, it's, let's see some here. of these aren't going to be fair until the end of the movie. That's what that's the best part. You're going to be sitting at the end with the credits with that famous John Williams score playing, marking off the ones <laughs> that are like, oh yeah, this is yes oh, or no. Oh man. All right, so we we've really made it through. We haven't really talked too much about the other uh, characters in the movie, so I think we need a prediction here for Finn. Because okay. um, d- if I remember right, didn't his uh his did his lady love die in the last no. movie or okay she didn't it's been it's been a bit so I think that they will they will be betrothed in some way I don't think they'll necessarily they don't have to necessarily get married or whatever the version of marriages in the Jedi universe but they will commit themselves to each other in some in some official fashion okay uh okay so I also feel like um. I want to say there'll be a time jump at the end to wrap it up. Okay. Uh, time jump at the end to wrap up uh, nine films. Okay. Um, I have another binary one. Right. Of, you just need three uh, more. All right. Uh, I well, we kind of already touched a little. Bit. Well, we touched on Ray's Four. parents a little bit, saying that she's not a Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. I'm trying to decide: Did they cast actors to be her parents or not? Were and was anybody cast? But that could be kind of dicey because who knows if uh, if a pre-existing character ends up ends up being that. Uh-huh. So um, maybe I'll deviate from uh, from that. I, I, uh, how about this? The Millennium Falcon will blow up. Oh yeah, that that seems very on point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that ship. She she ain't gonna uh, make oh, it. Oh, another another great one that I actually thought of when I first came up with this bingo card idea. There'll be a new goofy ship. There'll be a new goofy spaceship. Star Wars is so known for goofy spaceships, like the Y-Wing, the B-Wing, something that just yeah. seems impractical that you just don't need really in space. Yeah. Uh, so, goofy spaceship. Um, okay. I think we will see <laughs> an Ewok or teddy bear-like oh, creature. Oh, okay. I like that. You know what? I think we should just go for it and just say Ewok. Not even teddy bear like creature. Well, Ewok reference specific. My my concern with that is sometimes they like we're going back because Ray's training in a forest environment, and they're like, well, this is essentially uh, indoor, but it's not. So we're gonna call it uh, something else and have like so some. So you're saying indirect or direct reference yeah. to an Ewok. Okay. You see an Ewok reference. There we go. We need one more. 24, and then we'll, we'll figure out what our free space is. All right. I think that we are going to get a very disappointing CGI creature monster. Like, it seems like all of these new movies have just something that's just grossly CGI. It just doesn't really fit with the aesthetic. But they got to put it in there anyway so the little kids don't get bored. Okay. All right, so that's that's good. Um, anything? What's our free space again? We we've talked about we. What's a given for every Star Wars movie? Is someone going to say I've got a bad feeling about this? Is that is that our free space? Hmm. I've got a bad feeling. I feel like that's a little too direct. 
Um, uh, okay, this is what it's going to be. C3PO um, will get the sass from R2-D2. R2-D2, just put sassy R2-D2. That will be in this movie for sure. There's no way he can't be not sassy. So that okay. is the free space. I, I hope he's in there because he was not in seven until the very end. <laughs> well, he, I think he had a sassy moment. Well, he, we know he's going to be in this one. So Do uh, we? I've not seen footage. Well, this is our free space, Chris, so right. he better be in there. All <laughs> so, right. all right. So here we go. We got an awesome list here. Uh, what we're going to end up doing is we're going to put R2-D2 in the middle, and then we're going to find a way to randomize all of the other squares on the card. We're going to throw that up on social media so it's set in stone. We can't take any of it back. And anybody else out there, feel free to make your own bingo card. Try to be competitive. Try to be Look, fun. So I've, uh, got, I've got this on – I've got a website that will create bingo cards from our predictions. So if you want to play with us with our predictions, if you feel where you've got this on point, would love to be like, look, these are great. I'm going to get a bingo out of here. You can play with our cards. Uh, yeah. And that way makes it that much fun. And I think, you know, again, we've talked about this beforehand. I'm, there's going to be some prizes involved if you play because it's the end of the year. It's Star Wars. What do we got to lose, right? We, yeah. we don't have any other Marvel movies. The only other superhero movie we have to look forward to, Mike, is actually Joker, our next topic, unless you mm-hmm. have something else you want to say about Star Wars. Well, I was just going to say get to these bingo cards sooner rather than later because eventually we are going to get a full-fledged trailer that's going to get a lot more information out there into the world. And it won't necessarily outright confirm some predictions, but you're going to have a lot more street cred out there if you get these bingo cards out before we start to get new information. So that's right. The, there you go. Star Wars bingo card predictions done. I think that was really fun. I think it went really well. So we might do more of this stuff in the future, maybe for like when big weekends come out. Mm-hmm. I saw some people doing this before D23 happened. So I think this will be a fun way to predict stuff. Yeah. And we might do it off air and save you guys the 30 minutes of us going through those things real fast. So, uh, But, yeah, it's fine. So Joker is coming up, Mike. Uh, we got a new trailer. Speaking of trailers, we got a new trailer for The Joker. It's a final uh-huh. trailer. This movie is debuting at the Venice Film Festival right now. People are watching it. There's a Rotten Tomatoes score. Reviews are online. It's wild. Um, so uh, what did you think of this last trailer for, for Joker? So, uh, I, I mean, I feel like we're kind of getting more of the same. We're not really getting any big reveals like kind of we're used to in superhero trailers. You know, you're not getting the Spider-Man reveal like, you know, the Captain America Civil War trailer at the final hour. Not saying this is that type of movie, but I would actually recommend maybe people don't watch this trailer. Um, I don't think it's really giving away any spoilers, but after I watched it, I was just kind of like, oh, so that's going to be the relationship between uh, the Joker's character and um, um, who's the guy playing the talk show host? The famous actor that I can't think of his Robert name off the top of my head. Yeah, I was like, okay, so that's the dynamic there. You know, I that was kind of a mystery, but now it's kind of in plain text right there on the screen. Uh, so I was kind of hoping I wouldn't know these relationships so clearly. Obviously, they could throw things for a loop for me still. Well, I have read some more into this, and I believe you are going to be very surprised by a lot of things, Mike. This I, I disagree. I think you should watch this trailer and because what I feel is actually way different than you. I feel like I don't want a depressing movie at the end of this year, but by God, this is going to be a fucking heart wrencher by the end of it like i'm not gonna feel good about life or society or anything walking out of this movie uh by any means 
one thing that's getting me a little upset is I've seen some people out there online with their hot takes of this of this movie because uh, everybody out there is reading the reviews, reading people's early thoughts, and everybody has opinions on this movie even though they haven't even seen it yet. So some people are saying that this is like uh, this is like a, uh, a call for uprising for all of the incels out there in the world, and the Joker they'll look at the Joker as their their hero and their leader, and it's just like you haven't even seen the movie yet, you don't even know where this is going so i i just think all of that stuff is just crazy and stupid and just don't save your your hot takes until you actually see the content like i can't stop the hot take universe and the cycle but at least know what you're talking about before you start you know just uh, tweeting off at the cuff but um I, I love seeing joaquin phoenix as the joker though like this is honestly one of the best casting I've seen in years for any superhero character. So that is a breath of fresh air for me, just seeing them really nail it on the head. So uh, I think I saw Joaquin Phoenix saying that he would be, he's interested in the idea of doing another Joker movie if um, the uh, director is interested in making another one. So it seemed like things went really well on set with his performance. So um, man, but now that it's out there, now I got to look behind my back every dark alley I go into for spoilers for yeah. the like next month that, so this yeah, is upsetting <laughs> pretty much you gotta you gotta watch it but I don't think like, I guess the, here's the thing like from what I even I've read it's not really spoilery stuff it's just like you know because this doesn't tie in anything at large that we know of right like this isn't like hey the next movie in the DC universe is Joker and it's gonna give us a story of how this Joker appears in the upcoming Batman movie I, I mean that it exists on its own is wild and that it's R-rated too um it just God dang, does this look depressing? And like, like, you're gonna, like I feel <laughs> Chris, for this guy, and I'm like, oh, you, I hate that. If you truly want to be depressed, uh, you need to head on over to Netflix and watch their kind of original version of Planet Earth. I think they just call it Our Planet, but that is depressing as hell because you have all of these absolutely beautiful gorgeous shots of uh of animals and stuff that you'll never before see in your life and then 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 david attenborough will come in with his narration and say like all of these things that you're seeing on the screen are dying right now due to humans uh, effect on the planet so that's extremely depressing so maybe watch a little bit of that before you go see well, joker well, i'm not i'm not up. i'm not subscribing for netflix so no i won't watch it <laughs> um but, so, I mean, it's just one of the things, like, this looks like, you know, we, we've, we've got... Not that Marvel movies are happy, feel-good movies. Infinity War did not end on a good note. Endgame didn't really end on a good note either. But it's just one of those things, it's like... They they have really kind of leaned into, um, you know, throw a guy into society and this is what he becomes, rather than throw him into a, a chemical vat in the 80s. So, uh, I, I, I'm excited to see it, but, I mean, I've got a really... I might have to have a, a hard drink in my hand while watching it, Mike. That's <laughs> that's for sure. Um, in, in terms of that, though, this Joker separately than any other Joker we've seen before. This is not Jared Leto's Joker from Suicide Squad, and was he? He wasn't in Batman uh, v Superman. But the uh, Harley Quinn with Margot Robbie is getting a spinoff for Birds of Prey, and we were talking about this earlier. There is a hidden trailer, teaser trailer in theaters now for this movie. That starts like it's it chapter two and then goes right into a quick cut of like 30 seconds or less of this movie going on right now. Mm -hmm. 
And I was yeah, able we, to get the footage for Mike, but it is being taken off the internet like nobody's yeah. business. Re- reach out to Chris if you want that leaked footage that is dubbed over in Russian, so I don't even have any idea what any of the characters are saying. And it's very jarring to see Margot Robbie dubbed over in Russian. So, yeah. And then all of the uh, text on the screen is also in Russian, so yeah. we just have to assume uh, that translates into the emancipation of Harley Quinn when you see those logos pop up. But not, there's really not really a whole lot uh, no. popping up here. It's just more of like a clever way to announce that this movie is coming out. Uh, if you go through frame by frame, it's just basically some action uh, shots. Some, yeah, shots, some action, action like like a kick. Uh, I kick. You kick a bad guy. I kick a bad guy. Uh, you over there punch the bad guy. I'll do a flip. You punch well, the bad guy. Uh, Margot <laughs> Robbie has a big hammer in it, you know, like she does as as Harley Quinn. Um, Ewan McGregor uh, again, a Star Wars reference. Obi Wan Kenobi. He's doing the. Um, uh, black mask villain and he's got like a big laugh in the middle and I think the yeah. only thing we, we really pulled out of it, I, sh- I showed Mike here is that the um, Harley has her two hyenas at the end in the car while she's looking eating maybe a donut or a hamburger or something yeah um, not really sure what's going on there but she's got hyenas that she had in the, the cartoon behind her which is yeah, really very, cool very very iconic to Harley. Uh, no one's really in any iconic costumes. You know, you don't see uh, anything that really stands out except for maybe Harley. So uh, don't go crazy if you don't end up getting to see this. It seems yeah. like if we're getting this now, we should be getting a full-fledged trailer. I would think maybe when Joker comes out. That seems like the best the best way to synergize over at Warner Brothers. When you go see the Joker, yeah. you get your Birds of Prey trailer, you know? Yeah. And it's also, I believe, uh, shooting for an R rating, and it is coming out next in the DC uh, Worlds of DC lineup. So, well, I, did we talk about this last week? Maybe it dropped in the middle of uh, of recording. Uh, the Joker is going to be rated R. Yeah, we, I think um, we, we talked about it last week. I believe. Yeah. So yeah. I, uh, I don't. I so that's pretty exciting too. Yeah. Um, so if this is rated R, that'd be the perfect place to put it. But yeah, this mm-hmm. is some couple quick clips. I think the full trailer is coming, but like this was just like, hey, here's some action real fast and mm-hmm. uh, see what's going on. And lastly, uh, you know, one of the other trailers this week was the Terminator Dark Fate trailer uh, that came out this week. And um, the, I guess, Red Band version here is linked below. And we saw a lot of this footage at San Diego Comic-Con uh, when we literally walked into Hall H and everybody was there. So, I mean... Um, if, if you're excited for Terminator, I mean, I mean, this is the technically what would be considered Terminator 3 officially um, because uh. it, it uses Sarah Connor from 1 and 2 and it's got James Cameron's blessing and the guy from Deadpool. But I think one of the coolest shots in this, it has like a Terminator in the future that like spits out another replicated Terminator out of itself really fast. Uh-huh. Uh, it just looks fun. It looks like a, like a, a fun Terminator movie for the first time I- in a long time. <laughs> I think there's a chance that this movie might not make any money. Like there's, I think it could be good. It has, it has a lot of things going for it for sure. Uh, but there really, there's only two really memorable faces in this film uh, that people have connected to the previous Terminator franchise. Linda Hamilton's coming back, but no one's seen her in forever. Uh, you get a little bit of Arnold in some of these trailers, but we don't really know how he's going to be in this film. I forgot that this movie was coming out, and we even saw this trailer at Comic Con. And I didn't even know when it was coming out. I thought it wasn't maybe till next year, but I think it comes out in November, like at the beginning of November, and it's not even on my radar. So 
uh, I think that this might have a disappointing box office, even if it ends up being a great movie. So I'm not hoping that it's a bad movie. I'm not wishing for its demise, but I have a feeling it's just not going to do the numbers that uh, they hope it does. So the future of the Terminator still might be in turmoil after this. But we'll wait and see. That's oh, just my somber prediction. To me, if Genesis couldn't kill it, what will at this point? <laughs> yeah, I guess you got a good point. <laughs> um, but again, this is the first movie back with, I think the rights were not in James Cameron's ownership forever. I think after Terminator, maybe two. So three, Salvation and Genesis weren't under him, but now they're back so he can actually, you know, make... If, if this is true to the, you know, again, never underestimate James Cameron at the box office. We've talked about that, right? And That's while, true. while he, this is not his movie, you know, Tim Miller made Deadpool 1 what it was uh, with his action and stuff. Because this has got some highway uh, car chases and crashes, and that's what he really <laughs> excels at. He's going to be typecast as the highway guy. Yeah, the highway guy. Uh, so, I mean, there's, there's an opportunity here, and it's got the guy who played Ghost Rider in um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as the Terminator. I think he looks cool. The idea of, like, there's a metal body Terminator with a liquid shell over it looks really interesting. Uh, and, and, again, Arnold coming back, and she's like, she wants to kill him, and all the other ones, he's like, oh, I've always been a friendly Arnold. Uh, so I think there's going to be something here. I don't think it'll, you know, November 1, November's kind of a, a quiet month in terms of the box office from what I can tell. So it may do well against having no um, competition until Star Wars lands because... That's going to hit pretty hard, I feel. so. Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, Frozen might be in November, too. So. Frozen, yeah. I, th- I don't know if these are the same <laughs> audiences. Um, <laughs> it's, I don't know. Is Terminator technically... I guess with this trailer, it would be rated R, wouldn't it? So um, that's uh, we, another rated R film to, to wrap up the year here. So the rise of those. But, uh, yeah, I just had that... We saw the footage, and I just wanted to share with everybody if they want to see how the what it look, kind of looked like. So... But anyway, Mike, that's our show. We we have gone on long enough. Uh, if people want to know what you're up to, where can they find you at this week? Well, they can check me out at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, see what you're doing, see what new animal is living under your home, where can they find you? There's no animal under there. It's just gravel for once. <laughs> uh, there was no hole. It was pure gravel. Uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram, Valdan87, or Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. Head over to Comic UI. I'm headed up to the Lexington um, Fall Comic Con next week. It's more comic-based, a lot of the comic books. I'm excited to pick up some stuff there um, and uh, hang out there. So we'll talk about more of that next week. But uh, if people want to know more about our show, they want to download some older episodes to see if I do, in fact, put these images into these episodes every <laughs> week. Uh, where can they find all that at? Oh, it's so, so easy. All you got to do is visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best resource for the podcast that we make and a, and a great place to get our show notes. So uh, if you want to check out uh, our bingo card and it's in its raw origin, uh, I think we might have that up there in our show notes. Uh, we have a lot of links here. Uh, we talked about uh, an Eternals poster. Uh, we t- Actually, there's a lot of links here. Most of our notes here are blue links. So, yeah, yeah you want to check out these show notes this week. Um, and you want to head on over and you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and more. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can get shirts and merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. Uh, we love hearing from you out there. So please reach out if there's anything you'd like us to talk about. Uh, uh, we've had people reaching out saying that they want to hear us do a boy spoiler cast. So 
we, we hear you. We're going to do what we can here. Uh, and we just, uh, we love knowing what you guys are up to. Um, we love our super fans of the show. So if you want to be a super fan of Superhero Slate, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we will be here every week. And go make those bingo cards. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to I'm gonna have a bunch of them. I'm just going to make a bunch of them. And if you want them, you get sent them randomly. So we'll, we'll have a good time with the Star Wars bingo this, this Christmas. Uh, but we will catch you guys next week. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe. This guy wants a personal pan. Yeah. He just wants a he wants a personal pan pizza. One of yeah. them. Oh, I don't know, sir. Hold on. Excuse me. Do we have four pepperonis in the back? <laughs> I want to make sure we have the right number of pepperonis.